Hey guys, welcome back to Mickey Mike's Up. Um, today's episode is just an interview. As much as I wanted to give you all the soccer content possible and break down games and analyze them, I unfortunately caught COVID. And so, you know, it's not the best time for me right now, but I still wanted to make sure that I had something out for you to listen to. And I loved talking to Alana. She is just the best and... I really hope that you guys can take some of her advice from our interview and that you enjoy listening to her and make sure to follow her and Latinx on everything, which she will plug at the end of the interview. But with that being said, I hope you like it and let's get into it. All right. Hey, guys. So I have a really awesome interview here like today. Um, I might have a bunch of brain farts this episode. It's going to be kind of rough, but I'm very excited about this. So if you wanted to introduce yourself real quick, and then we'll get into some questions and just talking about all the awesome things you do. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Michaela. I'm super excited to be here. Um, My name is Alana Mraz, and I am the fan experience coordinator at U.S. Soccer, as well as the founder of Latinx and Sports. Um, I've been with the Federation for a little bit under a year. May will be officially a year with them, and I'm- Yay, very exciting. Um, It's kind of crazy to think about it. And I've been doing Latinx and sports for about the last year and a half. Um, But yeah, it's a little bit about me. I went to Arizona State uh, for undergrad, went abroad for grad school in Barcelona, Spain, then got sent home because of COVID, which is always a good time. And yeah, I love COVID. (laughs) Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Gotta hate it. It kind of, it's definitely thrown some curveballs here and there. But yeah, it's a little bit about me. Awesome. So I guess my first question is, obviously, you just mentioned sports, and that's kind of why you're on here, because that's the whole premise of my show. So where did your love of sports start? And kind of what made you realize that that was a career that you can do that you could do and like something you wanted to commit to doing? Yeah, so I really cite my grandpa as like the reason why I love sports and why I fell in love with them. Um, I grew up watching soccer with him every single Saturday morning, um, no matter what game was on, watching the World Cup with him and just really feel like that is the reason why I fell in love with sports. And also when the Diamondbacks started in Arizona, I'm originally from Arizona. I've been there my whole entire life, except when I moved to Chicago for my job here in September. Um, But yeah, I think, we also just, I grew a really strong attachment for the Diamondbacks. I grew up watching their games. I used to like get out of school early to go to the games with my mom and with my family. Um, I distinctly remember when they won the World Series and I was sitting in my grandparents' house and like everyone is absolutely like losing it. They were yelling <laughs> at the TV and I was like, what is happening? And you know, like it's still yeah. a really awesome memory to look back on. And I always call them like, if there's one team, if there's one team I'm the ultimate fan of, it's the Diamondbacks. I will love them through and through, even though we aren't always the best sometimes, although they did <laughs> on opening day, which we were really happy to see on a walk-off. Um, yeah, I think those are two, the really two big memories and just kind of growing up that I was a part of and the teams that I followed. And I just remember watching since the very beginning. Um, and I think that's kind of what led me to where I am today. I, I had originally applied to Arizona State as a sports journalism major. And I kind of knew towards the end of my senior year in high school that, uh, know if I want to write forever and I don't I think it was still a time where we didn't know social media meant journalism and we didn't know that there was this whole you know new aspect of like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter was soon going to come to light I think I thought about journalism as like newspapers and like going to do the interviews and and that's kind of how I saw it because that's how my mom um had encountered it in uh college as well and when she did her grad school um in mass communication and journalism so 
I kind of decided, okay, I want to do something else and I want to be able to touch sports and Arizona State, I think had just recently launched um, their sports business program at the business school. So my mom was super like, hey, you can use a business degree in anything that you want. And if it's sports oriented, then you can like use that on whatever you decide to pursue. Um, So when I went to Arizona State and I studied sports business, it really opened my eyes to what it meant to work in sports, aside from just being a player, being a coach. Um, and all things like that, which I think is still a huge thing that people are still learning like now, like there's so many things that you can do within sports that doesn't have to be directly on the field. Um, so that's kind of where I got to where I am today. I think that that's the one thing that I love about like doing this so much is that I've gotten a chan- the chance to talk to so many people who do so many different jobs in sports. And like you said, like it really is like there's there's like I feel like people don't even realize just like how big of a scale of like jobs there are in sports like you do fan engagement but then there's people who do like equipment stuff and then there's stats people and like there's just so much stuff and I think that it's like I don't know I just think it's so cool like because like literally anybody could work on sports if they wanted to because there's going to be something for you yeah I think that's a huge thing that we always talk about it's like whatever you really enjoy whether that's like math finance accounting you know, physical therapy, exercise, nutrition, like there's so many ways that that crosses into what it means to work in the sports industry, whether it's with a team, with a league, an agency, you know, TV, broadcast, all things like that. There's some way that you will find what you enjoy and what you do really well and also be able to combine it with sports. I think it's something that's really unique that a lot of industries um, can't really, you know, capitalize on and can't say the same thing about. So it's really awesome to see all the different unique, you know, ways that you can get involved in the sports industry for sure. Yeah. So you mentioned that you do fan engagement with um, U.S. soccer. So what exactly for somebody like I feel like obviously like you can get a general idea from what the name of it is, but to someone who might be interested in something like that, what exactly does your job entail and what do you like about your job? Because I feel like people always love to hear like what people like about their job. So. Yeah, so um, as fan experience coordinator at U.S. Soccer, I am the lead for our insiders program. Um, So what that is, is kind of a season ticket holder for the U.S. Soccer um, national teams, but kind of different because obviously we don't have a home stadium. So um, I write a lot of our email communication. I put together hospitality um, for pregame to all of our matches. I coordinate huddles um, with over Zoom with our coaches for our insiders to attend. So it's kind of just thinking about different ways that we can engage our fans, whether those are at the stadium or they're, you know, not able to go, but they're watching on TV or still want to be, you know, tuned into what's going on. So that's kind of what my overall job entails. I also get to travel with the team, um, which is really awesome to all the domestic matches. So I just got home from Columbus and Philly, which was really awesome to see oh, in Columbus. Nice. Um, fun fact. Uh, so, give each other a quick wave. <laughs> yeah, so I, I get to travel with the team, which has been a very unique opportunity um, for sure to be able to go to all these different cities and stadiums that I had never been to before um, and get to engage with fans that, you know, the men's world cup qualifying there was fans that went to every single match and that was awesome and it was really cool to see them at all these different matches in the states and they were like recognize me by like the fifth one they were like oh hey again and i'm like hey so it's been really nice to be able to engage with them and kind of show them that there are people behind you know the emails that we write and the email that they can uh email into to ask questions about the insiders program and different benefits and just overall general questions that they may have about um us soccer it's kind of nice to put a face behind for you know, sure department and behind the email so uh yeah it's kind of what I do overall for my job yeah no I was it was so great to like see you for that like hot second I wanted to come say hi but I was just you know I was really into the game <laughs> 
So, I mean, you just mentioned you get to travel with the team. So when you travel with the team, like what, what does that like necessarily entail? Like, are you leaving at the same time as them? Are you there for like the duration of like the camp or do you just get there for like the game day kind of stuff? Like, how does that kind of work? Um, yeah. So when I talk about traveling with the team, we do get there a little bit before they do into market. Usually they're in camp in a different city. They might sometimes be in the same city they're playing in um, for like the men's World Cup qualifying that they, they could start in an international country and then come to us. Okay. Um, so we usually get there about two to three days before the game happens just to make sure everything's set up. A lot of the team's opponents and also like our own personal team, they do match to minus one training. So we are there to facilitate that, make sure everything's going well. Um, if coaching staff wants to do like a walkthrough and make sure that they know where everything is before the match, we're able to do that. Um, and it's really just getting ready to welcome like these teams uh, to the match and to make sure that everything is ran smoothly, everything is set up um, so that when match day comes, we're ready to go. That's so cool. Um, so I mentioned earlier, but and you mentioned too, but Latinx sports, that's your thing. So for somebody who is listening and doesn't know what that is, what exactly is it? And why did you start it? Where did that come from? And I, I think it's so cool. I'm like, <laughs> when I was like reading about it, I was like, wow, that's awesome. So yeah, a little bit from you. Yeah. So Latinx and sports is an organization community that I started in October of 2020. Um, like I mentioned, I had been in grad school most of 2020 and then got sent home in March, uh, you know, just like most of us did. And once Hispanic Heritage Month came around, I was really looking, um, you know, for teams and leagues to highlight their Hispanic and Latinx front office. And I feel like a lot of them weren't, you know, it was a time where I think being diverse was something that we really wanted to talk about and, and what your front office looked like to reflect like your fan base and fans of just the general sport. And I kind of just saw people saying, Hey, happy Hispanic heritage month and, and kind of just checking a box off the content calendar. Um, so what I decided to do was put together a Twitter thread every single day of the month to highlight somebody new in the sports industry that was Latinx, Hispanic um, background and things like that. So it was really hard to find them also. Like it, there wasn't really like already a list. There wasn't already an organization that I wish, you know, I could have used as a resource. Um, so through meeting all these different people to highlight during Hispanic Heritage Month, I had ended the month meeting like 30, 35 amazing people. And I felt so empowered and validated and wanting to be a Latina in the sports industry that I was like, wow, like I wish everyone felt the way that I did right now. And kind of being able to facilitate that and amplify more stories and highlight more people and share job opportunities and just, you know, continue amplifying these stories and however way that we could continue furthering Latinx and Hispanic representation in the industry. So that's kind of where Latinx and sports was born. And honestly came out of like a Zoom networking call that I put together just one random Thursday. Uh, and we had VPs, directors, coordinators, interns, college students, like the full range of people join this call. And there's like, you know, me and I'm just like, hi, like this is my idea. Yeah. Um, I recently had come out of grad school, right? So I was like, I know what I want out of this as a recent grad that's looking for their first opportunity in the middle of a pandemic. But, you know, these VPs and directors and, you know, people that already have their full-time jobs that are much well established, like, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Is this even like a good idea? Like, what do you want out of this? Because for sure, maybe, I, maybe there was an organization I just didn't know of, right? Yeah. Because I hadn't found one. Um, and by the end of the Zoom call, everyone was like, no, like, this is great. We support this. We want to help you. Like, this is what we feel like we need from like a group like this, like, et cetera, et cetera. So it was really kind of like a brainstorm session to talk about what 
we thought it could be and what we wanted it to be. Um, and now over the past year and a half, we put together, uh, over our first year, we put together monthly panels, networking calls. Um, now that we kind of reached into our second year, we've started looking into more hybrid scenarios. Um, so doing like an in-person event and a virtual event quarterly. Yeah, which is super exciting. Like we just had our first in-person event at SoFi Stadium um, in March, which is like insane in general. Um, that day was like, highlight i'm pretty sure like top five days of my life uh <laughs> right now just to you know be able to see these incredible people that work in the sports industry and have them come up to me and be like hey like i've been around since 2020 like i've seen you grow and i've seen this become what it is and this is incredible and you know all these different things and it just it makes me so happy to know that we were able to impact people in that sort of way um and now we're looking to do our second in-person event and another uh virtual event so we've definitely gone through some growing pains and kind of just been navigating it as we go. Um, we thrived being virtual, which was great, but now things are opening up, which is even better. Um, and now it's kind of like, how do we adjust to this now and continue engaging and continue growing too? Um, I was just in, uh, you know, Philly for the second women's game. And I was able to meet someone there that was Latinx and Hispanic. And I was like, Hey, it's like, this is what I do. This is my, you know, organization, like, you know, give him a sticker. And he's like, wow, this is incredible. I didn't even know you guys were around. Like, this makes me so happy. So like, even now, like just being in to interact as we travel around, I've been very fortunate to be able to kind of do both almost in a way to be able to travel with the team and do my job, but also be able to meet more Hispanic and Latinx individuals that I'm still able to like, give exposure to what we do. Um, so it's really, it's really unique and I really enjoy it for sure. I think that it's like so awesome. And obviously like getting to do like in-person events, like I'm so excited for you guys to be able to start doing that because I mean, you like obviously virtual has like endless possibilities with like PowerPoints you can share and like people you can have and you can like reach a wider scale of people. But I feel like meeting people in person really like helps build that like personal connection. And so I'm very excited to like, just keep, supporting you and all that and if anybody is listening and hasn't you know looked into latinx or anything like that make sure to go give them a follow and all that kind of stuff <laughs> um yeah. yeah i don't know if you have like anything else you want to say about it but i think i just think that it, like it's incredible i love like i don't know i think seeing women who are like passionate about sports and like especially as someone who's like just getting started seeing like people who are just like a little bit older than me who are like just as passionate and just as driven to like do these incredible like organizations or you know get these awesome jobs and then like who are willing to like share that with other people and like give advice and stuff like that I just it means a lot to me as like having people to look up to and so to see you doing like these amazing things and starting like this awesome organization I think is really great oh well thank you yeah I think you know <laughs> One of the biggest things that I always talk about is like, we just want to be a resource. Like that at the end of the day, like that's all we are. My mom calls me a people connector. And honestly, I'm kind of proud of that. Um, just being able to introduce, you know, like you said, Hispanic Latinx individuals to other professionals. And also like when I talk to women that want to work in the sports industry, I recently spoke on a panel at the She Believes Summit and exactly actually how we that's, got how, that's how we got yeah. and the amount of people that reached out to me after I was like yes I want to talk to you I want to be able to help you however I can so you know it goes past just like this own community that I started but also just wanting to continue furthering women representation in the sports industry and in the front office is super um important and something that I'm really passionate about and at the end of the day I think I end every call which is like 
probably how I would end this call too. Um, but I'm always here to be a resource and to help others meet one another and, and be able to connect them and, and network with people and just share my story and any advice I may have. Like I said, I'm like very fresh into this literally <laughs> full time. Um, and I might know a little bit, uh, but yeah, I'm always just here to, to be a, a resource and to be able to help out however I can for sure. You are for sure a great resource. I really appreciate it when we did that like Zoom call and you were outside and it was like all windy and stuff. <laughs> It was a very unique opportunity. It was in Orlando, though, which weather was great. I was just trying to capitalize here. Now I'm in Chicago and it like has been raining like on and off. It's supposed to like snow here in a few days, I think, for like a hot second. So a nice Easter snow. Gotta love the Midwest weather. (laughs) Gotta love it. Gotta love how it changes, which is something I've also been adjusting to myself, which is. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because you're from Arizona, so you're probably like probably don't like the cold. Um, I don't know if I don't like it. I'm definitely not used to it. And it definitely took me a hot second to like really comprehend like the concept of like layering yeah. and how to, like coats and scarves and like wool socks. But I think I got it down. So the next time winter comes yeah. next year, I'll be able to kind of, or this year, I guess the end of this year, um, I'll be able to like put it together and figure it out for sure. Layering is, it's definitely, it's a skill that you learn. I feel like you, you got to learn what the right layers are or else it, you get too hot or you're too cold, but for sure. There's definitely a few times I was a little too warm and I was like, oh, I was like, okay. I was like, maybe this is how we have to switch it up for tomorrow. So <laughs> oh, for sure, but I've enjoyed it. So obviously like you have the full-time job working with U.S. soccer and you run this like organization. So how do you kind of like manage that and balance everything? Because I know for me, like being a full-time college student, trying to do this podcast and writing and this and that like sometimes it just piles up so fast and then you're like oh my gosh I have all of these things to do and it gets very overwhelming very fast so kind of how do you look at things and balance them and take what you can from experiences yeah um I think I to this day I'm still trying to learn how to balance it I think the biggest thing that I've learned from my job is how to balance being on the road and also doing my office job and while they are the same thing it's really easy while you're like on the road to like jump in and help with like setting up locker rooms and setting up the field and signage and you know feeling like oh I I really want to help and I want to be able to put this together but at the same time it's kind of hard to also have to do like the email communication and writing things down and taking the zoom meetings and it's just like finding a balance of being able to continue the work that you're doing while also preparing for this event that you're putting on, um, you know, at the stadium. So it's its own kind of challenge that I've navigated uh, for a while now. Um, But yeah, I think definitely making lists, top 10, top 10 uh, (laughs) skill set. I actually remind myself about this all the time is I think lists are so nice because then you're able to like check off as you do things. Um, But yeah, I think balancing my full-time job in Latinx, like you said, I definitely do like my full-time job from eight to five. And then somewhere around like eight to 10 PM, I kind of do like the Latinx thing. And uh, Juliana, who's my co-founder, she lives in San Diego. So it's definitely like, it's late for me, but it's kind of so early for her. So we kind of make it work uh, most of the time, which I'm really lucky for. But um, I think it's definitely prioritizing like what things that need to really get done within that time frame and things that you're able to do like maybe a couple of days later. I think something that you and I have always talked about too was like, you know, like taking time to yourself is huge and it's really hard to do it. 
um like for example like I'm coming off of a week of traveling so like this weekend we're gonna do like some Sunday reset like what you see on TikTok um you, you know just like everybody <laughs> some self-care um yeah. but, like it's very it's important true. yeah it's true though right like I'm constantly trying to do like self-care like making sure like I'm cooking my meals I'm eating breakfast really hard for me to do actually oh my gosh breakfast I like I forget it all the time because I'm like oh like I'll just grab something on my way to class and then it's like I just don't. And then I eat lunch and I'm like, whatever. I'm constantly like only drinking coffee and I'm like, I should really eat something. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you know, definitely making sure that you're taking time for you and to do what like you need to do it and making sure that you are able to like recharge to give your job, you know, your freelance, whatever it is, like your hundred percent, you know, focus, because at the end of the day, like, that's what matters, right? Is that as long as like you're good, then you're able to like put out good and you're able to like focus the way that you want to and be able to get things done. So I think that's a huge thing to like figure out a balance because you obviously want to get your work done and you want to meet the deadlines and the timelines, but you also have to realize like, oh, like I also need just time for like me to do things like for me to feel better and to feel like I can take on a new week. So it's a balance. Um, it's definitely something that I think sometimes I'm really good at it and sometimes I'm not, <laughs> um, but I try to be better overall just in general. So yeah, I think that's kind of for me. I get that. I feel like there are a lot of times where I like, like I go like full 100% and like fill out my schedule, like wake up to like the end of the night. And then I do that for a few days and then I'm like, okay, I'm done with that now. <laughs> and then I'm just like, what do I do? Like, I don't know. I definitely feel like figuring out how to like keep a consistent balance is something that I have not figured out yet. So yeah, no, it's definitely something that, like I said, even for me, like I've been here for a year now and I'm still kind of like, ah, how do I do this? And how do I best put forth <laughs> like these efforts and stuff? So yeah, it's definitely a learning curve. One more thing, like in the kind of advice area and like figuring out job stuff, you just mentioned like asking, like you might not know everything all the time. So how do you like, I feel like when you're in a new job or you're finally doing something that like you've really wanted to do for a while and you're getting yourself in there and you might not know everything, how do you kind of get over like that hurdle of like asking people things or like trying new things and like being afraid to fail, I guess? Um because I feel like that's something that a lot of people struggle with because in school, like you you need to like get straight A's to get into a good college. And then you want a good GPA in college to get scholarships. And it's like this whole like cycle. So when you're not having that like solid backing of like, you need a grade or something like that, how do you kind of manage that? Um, yeah, so I think it's definitely something that I struggle with at times where it's like, I want to be able to do this independently be able to show like, Hey, I figured it out and I did it. And this is great. But also knowing like, okay, like there is definitely a way that someone has done this before. And like, is that the best way of doing it? Or can I find, you know, a more productive way of doing it? And I think it's just maybe sometimes trying it out and being like, Hey, this is how I went about this. Is this like, correct? I think like for me, my biggest struggle in learning was um, writing email copy. I had no experience writing email copy, maybe like a couple newsletters <laughs> there, um, but they weren't like the same thing as like what we do now for like benefit emails and insider communication and just like overall what my job entails. Um, so it was definitely a lot of me trying it out, showing it to my boss and being like, hey, did I do this correctly? You know, like seeing templates that we had sent out in the years past, um, making sure that well, that was a template they used in the years past. Like, is there anything that I could like cut out of here? So it's like a quicker read and something that you can scan over and you're like, okay, I have my main points and like, let's do it. Right. Yeah. So, and, and in its own way, um, 
I think it's, it's okay to ask for help. I think that I'm a huge advocate of it. Like we all want to try and do it independently. And like I said, I've tried that too, but sometimes like you do have to ask for help and you, and you know, sometimes people be like, Hey, thank you so much for doing this. Like, just so you know, like this is like a different way of doing it. And I don't think it's necessarily like, you know, a bad thing, but it's just like feedback so that, you know, in the future, okay, like this is how I did it before. There's different ways of doing it. Let me see and try this way. And let me see if this makes sense for me. Um, so I think it's just, it's different for sure. The ways that we go about it, I think constantly, even for us, like on the travel staff, like we're always looking for different ways to like set up our ops room to make sure it's like the most efficient and that everything is where we used to have it and that, you know, everything is set up the best way that it can be. So like, we're still rearranging tables, like on the second day, we're like, oh, actually maybe this table should go there for like food. And then this one there with like the nearest like power outlet, like we do it all the time. Yeah. So, it's it's always trying to figure out what makes sense for you and for your group and your team um and then making sure that you know you're still getting your stuff done on time or, or the best way and everything's done well from what i saw at the crew stadium you guys you guys had it down pat it was real thank good you. thank you thank you <laughs> um and so i have some rapid fire questions before we wrap it up if you're cool with those Sure. I don't know how rapid this is going to go, but let's try. It's okay. My mom always tells me, I feel like I've said this in like so many episodes, but my mom tells me that I don't do them fast enough to be considered rapid fire. Cause I like having conversations about things. So like, you know, yeah, we'll just it'll rapid work. fire quotes rapid around fire. that. <laughs> okay. So I remember one, I remember the first time we talked, you told me that you wanted to visit like every baseball stadium. So what is your favorite baseball stadium that you've visited so far? I feel like it has to be Chase Field only because I love the Diamondbacks as much as I do. And I just like know that stadium like the back of my hand. I will say though, I just knocked off Philly like literally last week. I saw when you posted um, I was so excited for you. I was thrilled. I was like over the moon. I was so excited. Um, Yeah, no, Chase Field, honestly. I would say maybe almost the Yankees one, but the one last time I went to the Yankees, I think I was like 15. So I also feel like I didn't really appreciate it as much because at that point I was like, oh, we're going to a baseball game. And as I've gotten older, it's been like the, oh, I want to go to all the baseball stadiums. So I might have to do that one over again. I go to New York, but I would have to just go chase field because I just (laughs) very, very much. So. Okay. And then along with stadiums, what's your favorite soccer stadium that you've been to, which I'm sure you've probably been to a lot more of those. This is tough. This is very tough um you know I'm a sucker for Austin FC Stadium for Q2 that place is amazing like the way that they it looks have, really nice from like pictures and stuff yeah like they have dove into like the Verde like image and the brand and their sweet space is really nice too and just everything overall the murals that they have outside I think are so pretty too um yeah I think that might be my favorite one. I'm like trying to think of other ones now. Okay, but also like the Philly Stadium with like the bridge in the background, I couldn't get over it. So I think each <laughs> I've one- I've not seen, I've not been there before, but- Yeah, it was my first time going. And like, I remember seeing pictures of it and I was like, I know what this is going to look like, but just seeing it with your own eyes, I was like, wow. I even made, sure. I, I even took like a video, I made a TikTok out of it. I was like, this is so pretty. <laughs> Um, as you should this has also been like my recent endeavor has been like making like tiktoks like just like creatively i don't know expressing myself if we want to put it that way um but yeah no i think i really did enjoy um the views there so we'll see 
Yeah. So far, we could have a different one in the next couple months, but right now, I think that that's definitely my favorite one. If you haven't been to Red Bull yet, you should definitely. I haven't been. You gotta come to Red Bull. I really want to go to a Gotham game. I really, really want to go. So wearing my Gotham hoodie. I've considered buying that sweatshirt. I think it was us though. I considered buying it multiple times. Yeah. Okay. Next one. What is your go-to coffee order? Like iced coffee with vanilla and cream. Okay. Easy, chilling. Yeah, very simple. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's easy to remember. When everybody gets like all like the salt, like syrups and everything, I, I start to forget things. Yeah. Okay, and then when you are traveling, what is like your must-have, like like your three must-have items on the road? Ooh, um, I would have to say my credential because if you ever lose your credential, it is not a good time because I lost it like about twice last year. And it's, uh, it's a running joke now of how many times we had to print a lot of credential. So the first one would be the credential. Oh my God. Um, the second one would be a really nice comfy hoodie. Hoodies unmatched. Um, yeah, for I love- sure. I have like a plethora of hoodies and sneakers. That is like my top two. Like if anyone buys me a hoodie or a sneaker, <laughs> I'm probably going to love it. And I will love anything that has to do with that. Um, so I would say a sweatshirt for sure. And my third item would have to be my black and white dunks. Um, those shoes go with everything. And I don't think I realized how much I needed a black sneaker until I got them. Um, so those would be my top three. I think any kind of sneaker, but particularly, I just really enjoy my dunks. I also think an Air Max is super comfy. I have like a white and gray and blue pair. So I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't know much about sneakers. You know, that's okay. I've definitely been considered the sneakerhead of my friend group where like people want sneakers and they come and ask me what sneakers they should buy. And I think right, like- So if I ever need sneakers, I'll I'll come right to you. Yeah, my mom now too. She's like, so I'm thinking about these sneakers and I'm like, yes, like approval. You're wearing <laughs> this and with that. I'm a huge advocate for like sneakers with like business dresses. Like I, I think I knew I was a sneakerhead before I knew what it meant to be a sneakerhead because I just remember- which coincidentally this relates now. I think I was like, I still had braces. So I must've been like hmm, 12. Okay. And I went to brunch with my family in a purple dress and neon colored, like highlighter color. I really have to find the photo. Highlighter colored vans where the inside of the vans were like yellow satin. Like they were like insane. Oh my gosh. I have to find the photo somewhere, but they were insane colors. (laughs) And I remember like, I was, I was thriving. I, my purple, my purple on my sneakers, it was almost like color blocks. I don't know. It was this whole thing, but I love those sneakers to death. And they're probably somewhere in my grandparents' house to this day. But <laughs> I think I knew I was like an advocate for wearing sneakers before I even knew I like love sneakers. For sure. So. I wore sneakers to the eighth grade dance. Like our eighth grade, like I I wore Converse and everybody like was taking off their heels and like dancing barefoot or like putting their socks on. And I was like, I got my sneakers. I'm chilling. I remember dressing up as the queen of hearts in eighth grade for a Halloween dance. And I bought red Converse. That is so good. (laughs) So I'm, I love, I love sneakers. I also remember wearing sneakers to my sorority formals. So I I will keep that in mind for our next sorority formal because I I missed our I missed the one last Saturday because I was at the soccer game. No <laughs> priorities. Hey, priorities. There's 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 a trade-off right there. You know, I definitely <laughs> like was wearing like sparkly kids to to dances. Oh was I no, I think I just wore sparkly. I also had like the really like big like feelless sneakers, like the white okay. one. Yeah. I just I also wore those to um what was it? Uh our Valentine's Day formal we also did that like the where you make like the hearts that like okay 
so I'm just a huge I'm just over here wearing sneakers all the time so (laughs) you know what that's valid that's my personal brand like I tweeted the other day I was like my personal brand is is posting uh videos of stadiums my other personal brand would definitely be wearing sneakers all the time I I like that tweet (laughs) (laughs) but yeah okay and then final question because you know I follow you on Twitter I I have not seen any of your TikToks but what is your favorite social media app Ooh, this is hard. I feel like it might be Twitter or it might be Instagram. Okay. I think Twitter, I have really like tried to like dive into like being like personal and also like professional and like its own way where like I tweet funny stuff about like, I don't know, like I remember one time I tweeted about like losing my keys and leaving them in a different state or, you know, but I'm also like tweeting about my speaking engagements and like about the sports and like, I also tweet about going to like baseball games. So like, I think that's like part of like my personal life, but it also like crosses into like my professional life. Um, But I also just really love Instagram because I feel like Instagram, like I love posting stories about like food or about where I'm going or like, you know, like mirror selfies has been something that like where I like really like my outfits. So I think it's been a different way of like expressing myself like through photos. Fun fact, I have 47,000 photos on my phone. Um, A lot of people- I thought like me having like, 1500 was a lot yeah a lot of people have a lot of opinions about it but I would consider for that (laughs) I I have a lot of iCloud but and it's fine like I again about this personal brand I feel like I am like the historian in a way like you know how like you said like your book club and like you have a historian for like student council I feel like I'm the historian of like my friend group where like I am constantly taking photos I have probably like 10 versions of the same photo and I do try to delete them while I'm on the plane so I'm not totally trying to keep all of them but (laughs) I also feel like if there's ever a photo or something that like someone needed I would probably have it yeah and I'm the same way about physical photos like I have so many Polaroids from when I was in college um I, yeah I keep a lot of like my family's like personal like older photos that like when you used to like develop like the Kodak you know camera so I don't know I think like I just am very passionate about preserving memories um for other people as well as for myself but I would love to like kind of be like that kind of like person for like my friends and one day my own family but also like my now family of like my aunts and my uncles and and my grandparents and my mom so yeah I think that's so for those reasons, those two are my favorite. And I also have 47,000 photos on my phone. Which you is know what? I think I wish that I like, I don't know. I think that like me and my friends, like so where I feel like we're so like ingrained to like, I don't know, take post photos and like, okay, we have to like get dressed up to take pictures or like all this kind of stuff. Um, no, I definitely wish that like, people are just more willing to like take pictures but like I'll take pictures and my friend will be like oh my god my hair looks so bad there and I'm like but it's like fun can we just like take the pictures yeah no exactly I think that that's awesome that you like have that like log of all the photos and yeah Yeah. um I don't know if there's anything you want to like oh I mean you could say your thought but then if there's anything you want to plug like your twitter or anything like that go for it yeah no I think the biggest one for me like you were saying like having to like be done up or having to pose and stuff like whenever I take photos I'm like it's for the memes like that's honestly like my mom for example hates photos does not enjoy them and that's okay but like I take pictures of like her and like my cousin and like her like out when we like go out to eat when I come home and it's like I don't need to post these nor will I post these but it's more about just like wanting them for like the memories and like having them like on my phone when I miss home or when I want to like hold back on something so that's that's my line is like for the memes but 
in terms of plugging myself, um, <laughs> if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's Lani Mraz, L-A-N-I-M-E-R-A-Z. My Instagram is Alana Mraz with an underscore in there. Um, Latinx and sports, just the way it sounds on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. So you can follow us there. Um, but yeah, I'm always here, like I said at the beginning, to be a resource, network with people, introduce, you know, one to another and just yeah to always be here to continue furthering representation in the sports industry for sure i will be sure to tag all of that so you guys can follow her and see all the amazing things that she is doing and thank you so much for coming on to the show i really appreciate it thank you thank you so much for listening to this week's episode don't forget to follow alana on everything and then make sure to follow me on instagram at mickey.alfano and at mickey mics up follow me on twitter at mickey underscore alfano um like comment on you know my posts about the new episode make sure to follow rate it and share it with all your friends and i will hopefully have a you know full soccer analysis episode out for you guys next weekend but i really appreciate the support um as always and make sure to follow women's sports exchange on twitter at w sports exchange and then on instagram at wsx change um so yeah i hope you guys liked this episode and i will talk to you soon Bye.